Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast, where we explore the intersection of the Christian faith with your finances. We are your hosts, Keith Conley and Crystal Wampler. I am your host, Keith. I am a certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. I am also the president of a faith-based financial advisory firm called True Legacy Financial Planning. My firm specializes in working with high net worth business owners who are believers in the Lord. I also serve churches and ministers. My famous co-host is Crystal Wampler. She is the founder of Kinethics, who is bringing ethics and Christ to the cannabis industry. She also provides services to angels, investors, and to the crypto industry. Our goal at the Faith and Money podcast is to bring listeners valuable and Christ-filled conversations with thought leaders in the areas of finance and faith. So if you haven't already done so, please don't forget to, sub to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend and perhaps an enemy too. Uh, today's guest is Clayton Cruz, and we will be discussing cryptocurrency. Welcome, Clayton. Hi, Keith. Thank you. So uh, tell us, you know, what a little bit about your uh, background, Clayton. Okay, so I am an attorney. Um, the fields of law I practice in are primarily estate and asset protection planning, as well as um, business planning. So I help primarily entrepreneurs and business owners in, and their families in the cryptocurrency space. So uh, help you know either set up businesses or assist already established businesses um, become more efficient or uh, like in the cryptocurrency industry, there's a lot of fundraising and uh, buying and selling of companies and assets. Um, but with that also comes along the estate planning portion of it. So I get to come in and help um, help these founders. Some are some who are building their wealth. Some who already have it from uh, previous ventures uh, get to help them plan for the future and protect their families and their, and a lot of times their families' privacy. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I hear you're excited about some game last night. Oh yeah. So I live in uh, I live in Colorado. Big Denver Nuggets fan, and uh, Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship. Oh, so there was a basketball game last night, huh? There well, was. You know, in, in high school, I was a wrestler back in Pennsylvania, and I used to have a shirt that says, the side I door on a basketball floor is wrestling mats from door to door. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you were always the annoying ones in, in school that took up the basketball court. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And I was also the guy that was throwing the basketball players into lockers. <laughs> so, Crystal, how do you know Clayton? I actually know Clayton because we are dating, but we met about a year and a half ago on the Crypto Cannabis show and he came on and he was a guest, talked about cryptocurrency. Okay, so here, here we go, listeners. In case any of you are wondering, Crystal and I are not married. <laughs> I've gotten that question. My wife, Crystal, said, no, Crystal is not my wife. My wife is Kristen. 
So, so it's really exciting to have your other half, whether Clayton is your better half or your other half, we'll have to wait and see. He's most definitely my better half. Oh, thank you. That's arguable. I've I've had a lot of really good discussions with both of you in the area of cryptocurrency and, and, uh, I've, I've expressed to both of them, you know, my, my discomfort and my lack of education in the area and, and just some of my reservations. So I'm really looking forward to a great discussion uh, on this topic uh, with a thought leader in, in this area of, of finance. Uh, obviously, cryptocurrency is, is a new asset class you know, kind of like uh, stocks or equities and bonds. And now we have another asset class known as cryptocurrency, but it's not really a fad anymore, is it? No, no, it's not. It's not a fad at all. And the one thing that we get a lot is people who have amassed a certain amount of wealth with cryptocurrency not being taken seriously in the financial world. You know, just because, you know, it's not money. It's uh, it's looked at as property. But even then, it's uh, pe- most people don't understand how it can have wealth. There's nothing, or how it can, how it can have value. There's nothing tied to it, for instance. There's, there right. is something tied to it. It does have real value. And people, yeah, people are paper wealthy a lot of the time, but it's real wealth nonetheless. Right. Well, you know, a lot of times when we're when I'm talking with people about crypto, I find a, a lot of people who don't know as much as you, Clayton, are are looking at crypto as a as a fast track to becoming wealthy, and and they get these eyes glazed over, and and they have the sense of greed, and this is my ticket to becoming, you know, incredibly wealthy, and this is going to be awesome, and nothing's ever going to go wrong. And then, you know, crypto does have volatility in its, in its prices. You know, it does go up and down in value it, and, and people are, are shocked by that. So one of the things that I always warn people about with crypto, as with any other asset, is that we can't look at this as an investment that has no risk, no volatility. It's not the perfect investment. Uh, if it were, then everyone would be doing it. But the fact is that millions of people are still putting money into stocks and bonds and other asset classes. Uh, and so my first warning to people about crypto is, yes, it's a legitimate uh, asset class. And, and I'm not going to argue at all about whether or not it's legitimate. But I'm going to say to my bl- believers who are listening that we, we ought not to think of crypto as a fast track to wealth because that is a, a, uh, that is a road to destruction. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah. why is crypto such a big deal? Um, I think the answer to that question kind of depends on who you are. Um, how you're involved with cryptocurrency and just, I mean, th- those are the two big factors because 
if you're somebody who is into freedom, for instance, I mean, it's the idea behind cryptocurrency is very libertarian. Um, it's very much a get off my lawn, leave me alone kind of mentality. That's what it was based off. So like a big thing is knowing what cryptocurrency is. Um, it's a digital currency and like, don't, don't get it misconstrued. Like it's not money. I mean, it's looked at as property, but just like with property, it has a value. You can trade it. But cryptocurrency is a digital currency that was ultimately designed as a medium of exchange, and it works through a computer network. Um, it doesn't have any central authority. I mean, they're getting to be central bank digital currencies now and things like that that are run by government, but the original intent was for it to be decentralized. And the decentralized nature and the control of cryptocurrency works through the blockchain, which what is blockchain is a whole other discussion. But like just knowing what it is kind of kind of tells why it's such a big deal. It's a medium of exchange that's decentralized, that's not controlled by any central government authority. And in the United States, if you are a you know a a student of the constitution and things of that nature, that's a pretty big deal. So like, if you're somebody like that, that, that could be a reason why it's a big deal. Uh, another reason is that you have control over it. I mean, you might not have control of the volatility of the market, but you ultimately have control over your cryptocurrency. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, but you do. If you have what are called keys to your wallet, keys to your crypto, that's your crypto. No one else can do anything with it but you. So, I mean, in my opinion, those are two, those are two big reasons why it's a big deal. So I know that on the Crypto Caniverse show, one of the themes that you all talk about is cybersecurity. When you're saying that no one else can take it, are you saying that crypto is immune from that? Uh, depends on what you mean by immune. So blockchains rarely get hacked that's a very that's a that's a very complex a blockchain that's well built is very complex very difficult to hack um, the blockchain itself is sort of a digital ledger um, it's immutable if you change anything in it everybody who's on the network knows and that's a that's a big deal so like the security security is is paramount with this um, but one thing as far as you're talking about uh, cybersecurity if you there are there are, there's something called a wallet in cryptocurrency you can have hot wallets cold wallets and all that means is one's connected, one is to the internet, one is not. If you have something called a cold wallet and it's completely disconnected from the internet, that's about as secure as you could possibly get. And the only way that somebody's going to get your uh, cryptocurrency off of a cold wallet that's not connected to anything is if they steal it from you. So in that in that regard, it's very secure. Interesting. Interesting. So. When people think of crypto, they think automatically of, of Bitcoin, but there's obviously other kinds of crypto, isn't there? 
there's there's a lot. There's I don't I don't know what the number is, but if you're talking about coins that have been created, tokens, coins that have been created, there's thousands. Right. What are some of these? Wait. What are some of these tokens used for? Hmm, good question. So they can really be used for anything. Um, you have some like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is compared to digital gold. So it's a store of value. So you have ones that are a store of value. You have some that are used on platforms as a token for playing a game or um, purchasing. Like a lot of people don't know it, but the games that you play, like PlayStation type games where you go and you buy skins and stuff like that, there's an aspect to that that can be used for cryptocurrency through tokens. Um, more now, they're getting into NFTs and things like that. Well, the NFTs are, you know, not, not cryptocurrency, but it's something on the blockchain. Those are used as um, a ticket to get onto a forum or to access a digital library, things of that nature. What can you explain to us very quickly what a blockchain is? I can, yeah. Um, in a very simple terms, a blockchain are an accumulation of the transactions. So you'll have blocks. So each block is a set, depending on the different protocol, the different code that's used, the block, the, each block is uh, full of data. Once those blocks are full, then that connects to the next block. And then when that data, when that block is full of data, it connects to the next block and it creates a chain. Each one of those is a ledger of the data that was stored and transacted on the network. Right. And so this is a form of currency that is not tied to any one particular kind of currency. You can you can use the, the same Bitcoin or, or type of crypto uh, in Zimbabwe or Japan or right. or, or Switzerland or, or the US. It, that, it doesn't make any difference. It's global. There is no, there, there are no borders. There are no borders. It's right. one of the things with cryptocurrency that people like is no borders, no boundaries. Right. And the thing that I found interesting soon after I became a CFP is I read an article about how crypto has unique tax rules in the U.S. code. For example, uh, it doesn't have the what we would call in the investment world, the wash sale rule, where I can sell a, a, a stock, for example, and then rebuy it in 30 days and get a new basis, you know, where if I were to do that with a stock, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, but with crypto, you can actually do things like that, can't you? Correct. Yeah. Um, that is a benefit uh, of cryptocurrency caused by one of the current downfalls, which is a lack of transparent regulation. So I guess out of all of that, there, there is a positive for people that know how to take advantage of it. 
Right, but I, I, I kind of don't really see it as necessarily a bad thing. I think it just oh. is. It, 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 it's a condition of of sinful humans using something that's neutral in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. For example, no. if we're going to say that because people are using cryptocurrency to do lascivious activities, therefore we shouldn't have crypto. Well, then we shouldn't have magazines. No because people use it to produce pornography. We shouldn't have um, dollars food because people use it to become fat. Yeah. I, I mean, it, we shouldn't have guns. Yeah, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on yeah. and on. And it's and it's not it's not convincing to me. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And when I when I said uh, when I said earlier, it's one of the benefits caused by one of the downfalls. It's Right now, there's a lot of a lot of noise and a lot of volatility in the crypto markets that's being caused by the lack of uh, laws and rules that regulate it, that regulate the markets. And cryptocurrency is traded much like stocks. Um, mm -hmm. So you you would you would assume that many of the same rules would apply, but that's not that's not the case whatsoever. Right. So. How does the concept of, of faith work with, with cryptocurrency? You know, how can we think of this from a faith-based perspective? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I think one of them is community. Um, cryptocurrency, especially like a lot of the work that I do, is you'll start to, yeah, what is that? You'll start to realize that everybody. Yeah, I think so. You'll start to realize that everybody is part of this big community, and I think that that is. I mean, this might be a lofty comparison, but it's very. I feel like it's comparable to church. You know, church is a community. Right? Everybody gets together, talks about their beliefs, supports one another. Um, cryptocurrency, the, the projects are very much the same way. They're not, you know, spiritually or religiously centered by any means, but it's definitely a group of people who get together that have a common goal that support one another and have a belief that what they are doing is for the greater good and that they're doing something to advance their community. And I, I think that that has a lot to do with faith as well, no matter how you look at it. That, that makes a lot of sense to me, because if we have a missionary organization or sent by their church to an area of the world where the gospel is not welcomed there by the government and they have to go in secret, it might be difficult for, you know, First Baptist Church in, in some town to send a missionary American currency, send them a check, essentially, yep. um, whereas it might be easier to get funding for that missionary in another part of the world through crypto. Oh, it's much, it's much easier because there are, there are many countries, and I know this is what partially what got me into this years ago, is there are some countries where a majority of the population is unbanked. But one thing that they all have is one of these. And if a you cell have a, phone. You and, showed a cell phone. 
Yep. So if you have a cell phone, and you can have cryptocurrency, and that's one thing. Like apps like Cash App are very popular in, in other countries where a lot of people are unbanked. So your money is on your phone. But one of the things with cryptocurrency, it's instant. Um, sometimes the apps like pay, like uh, PayPal, Cash App, things like that, they have a delay. Um, cryptocurrency, for the most part, if you're on the network, can be instant. Uh, the fees are extremely low, um, sometimes fractions of a percent. Uh, that's not always the case, but many times it is. Uh, and it's there is no set denomination. I mean, you're even getting to the point now where you can send one, you can send one cryptocurrency and then somebody else on the other side can receive something else. Uh, and so that's, and, and even like if I send US dollars to somebody in Mexico, um, that's gonna take a long time. There's gonna be a fee, but I can send somebody in Mexico Bitcoin. Um, I can send somebody there, Ethereum, whatever it is, they can have it right away and then they can use it, you know, how, however they need it. But if I was to send a Western Union, um, I, it's been a while since I've sent one, but I know that the last time I did, it's not instant. And if it is, you're paying for it. So if, I, if, if I'm sending some form of cryptocurrency to someone across the world, no. And is it is it able to be converted into that nation's currency to buy Event goods? Eventually, yeah. But if somebody doesn't have a bank account, that makes it a little bit more difficult. I see. I mean, is it possible that are 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 retailers and and service providers actually accepting yeah. crypto as a form of payment? They already are. I I actually. I do that frequently. I, I accept cryptocurrency as payment. I think last month, probably 70 or 80% of what clients paid me in was cryptocurrency. So, so maybe I'm gonna get in trouble or maybe I'm asking a dangerous question here and Crystal will tell me to be quiet, but, uh, or her dog will. Um, <laughs> is this, is this non-reported income? No, it's very much reported. It's very much, for me, it is, it's reported. So you're paying taxes on it. Yeah, and in some instances, I actually pay more. Um, but uh, I feel like it's it's me supporting the community that I'm a part of. Um, it further perpetuates the use of cryptocurrency. But I will say what I get is a pretty good mixture of Bitcoin on one end, and then what are known as stable coins on the other end. So they're pegged to a dollar and they don't really move. So the basis is a dollar. I sell it for a dollar. There's really no cap, there's no capital gains. What's the difference between a stable coin and something like Bitcoin? Stable coin, depending on where what country it's used in is pegged to the currency there. So um, it's backed by typically, it's supposed to be backed by hard currency or something else that keeps the price stable. So like here in the US, there's a handful of them and that are all pegged to the dollar. So I can just say USDT, for example, Tether, I can just say 
you know, $100 USDT, it'll be worth $100 USD. Okay, very, very interesting. Uh, and what kind of things ought, ought we to think about when deciding what kind of cryptocurrency we want to have? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, life for me, I think much like with you, when you are talking to a client for financial planning and and they ask you that question, I, I think a, a good answer is, what do you understand? What do you believe in? What do you know? And I'm a big believer in, I mean, if you want to call it investing, investing in things that I understand and that I support. So if I don't know what it is and I can't describe it to you, I'm not going to put money into it. Otherwise, I kind of look at it at that point as it's gambling, which some people are into that, but I'm not really one of them. Yeah. Okay. And what, what resources are out there on educating ourselves on cryptocurrency? There's lots. Honestly, one of the best places to look is YouTube. Any, any particular uh, creators out there that you would recommend? No, not not really. It's kind of like what your what your what your flavor, like what your what you're into. If you're looking for uh, general education, there's there's certain ones. If you're looking for commentary, there's certain ones. But um, there are very good videos out there that explain cryptocurrency for kids. And I have found that some of those are by far the most helpful. And it's not necessarily that they're made for kids. It's just the way that they're explained. It's, it's in a way that anybody can understand it. And it's not so watered down that it doesn't make sense. Right. Right. Well, you know, maybe we should get Crystal and her dog since her dog wants to come onto the podcast so much to be a YouTube creator in the area yeah. of crypto. <laughs> they pay crypto to eat treats. There you go. You know, I just want to add that one of my favorite newsletters is Coffee and Crypto. I've actually learned quite a bit from that. I think our viewers should check that out. Yeah, and, and you know, crypto is something you talk a lot about on the Crypto Canaver show, obviously. So I know you've met a lot of really amazing people who are are heavily involved in that space. Yeah. And one of I I get asked on a regular basis, I don't want to put a number on it because I don't really know about crypto. And and one of what I always tell people is that they ought to count the cost. Um, in terms of, of putting their money in any one thing, you know, how much are they open to volatility and to the possibility of losing um, value in, in that particular investment. Uh, and I, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who uh, tell me that they're afraid of the stock market. And so they're going to put all their money in crypto. What is your response to that, Clayton? Well, I probably have a little bit different viewpoint than 
some people, especially you know, fi certified financial planner like yourself, because I know a lot of people who have made more money than I have heard of people making in cryptocurrency. And I'm talking over a billion dollars. So there, there's that part of it, but I, the, the cryptocurrency market is not something that's stable. Um, you have to, if you're going to invest in cryptocurrency, you have to be okay with the fact that you might lose everything. And that's, that's just the nature of it because it happens every day. Uh, but at the same time, there, there are probably there are probably fewer instances of the stock market crashing to the same degree that the crypto market. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that there there should be a good mix. Um, you know, I, I, when we work with clients, we're not offering financial advice, but it often comes up like, do you think we should do something else? Or um, I'm being told by this financial advisor that I need to sell half of what I have. And, you know, we work with people every day who they want to have nothing but cryptocurrency. They don't want U.S. dollars. Um, they don't want exposure to the traditional markets. So we help them find ways where they can use their cryptocurrency and they can use it for everyday, everyday transactions. So there are some people out there that are completely opposed to traditional financial markets, like you just said. Um, and I, I don't know, that, that's, that is a tough question because I think the, 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 clients that I see on a daily basis and the people that you see on a daily basis are probably very different. And they have a little bit of a different mindset. I'm of the mindset that you should have a little bit of both. I mean, you have traditionally what's worked in the long term, and you have the new stuff now that definitely is working for a lot of people and is probably not going to go away considering that every major country in the world is trying to develop their own cryptocurrency to be used by the citizens of their country. Right. So I, I, it's not going anywhere. Well, it's certainly not going anywhere. I would tend to agree with you. I, I'm certainly not telling people that they, they're not allowed to have crypto. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, chances are if someone's going to ask me that question, they're, they're, they're asking that question for a reason. Yeah. And if I tell them not to do it, they're going to do it. I'm they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but what I always tell people is like, look, look at your portfolio that I'm managing for you. What, wh what's the highest percentage of any investment that we have in your portfolio? Meaning, you know, what percentage of all of the investments is any one stock? And they're like two, three, four percent. I said, you know, let's think of crypto as an asset class and, and let's put maybe, you know, three to five percent of your portfolio in there. Maybe you, you likely have a different perspective and, and that's fine. Not everyone can be right like me, but uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, count the cost. Put a little bit of, of, of risk and, and, and extra 
volatility and with the hope of a little bit extra reward uh, in that asset class and and let it ride. You know, the thing about crypto, as I understand it, is it doesn't, you know, pay an income to people like uh, an investment would. You know, if I'm investing in uh, an index fund, that, that there very well may be investments in that index fund that are paying dividends that I can use as a form of income. Uh, or uh, a bond mutual fund may pay interest from the, the debt instruments. Yeah. Uh, and so that might be another reason why we want to diversify. So there is. Um, that actually is a thing with cryptocurrency as well. Oh, is so, it? Yeah. So there, there are things, there's something called staking. Um, staking is a, so there's, there's, there's mining cryptocurrency and there's staking cryptocurrency. And both help support a network. I mean, depending on what protocol the network uses, a proof of work, which is like Bitcoin, or a proof of stake, which is like Ethereum. Um, there are ways that you can stake sometimes one asset, sometimes two assets to provide liquidity to a market, and you in return receive an interest. So it can be one, two, three. I mean, I've seen them as high as 100%, which is crazy. But, um, you know, you'll get, you can get five to 6% um, back by staking some of your cryptocurrency. Interesting. So, yeah. So there are ways to actually leverage what you have. I mean, you can even go so far as to, this is something that we do. We help people get cryptocurrency out of their estate by putting it in other jurisdictions and those jurisdictions allow you to borrow against things like Bitcoin. And then you can buy Ethereum with the money that or the cash, whatever cur currency that might be, you can buy Ethereum with the loan you took out against your Bitcoin and then stake that and earn back an interest. Typically they try to get it to where that interest you're earning back is higher than the percentage you're paying on your loan. Wow. Yeah. Right. But there are other ways to be involved in the crypto industry. Uh, yeah. And just for the sake of my compliance department, I'm not making any recommendations. I'm just merely suggesting as an option. But you could buy stock in companies that are working in the crypto industry. Right. Uh, you know, PayPal, Coinbase, these are all different companies that are involved in, in, the, in the cryptocurrency mm -hmm. space. And by investing in those companies, you may be able to benefit off of the crypto yeah. industry. Yeah, and they also have index funds. For, you just stole my next point. <laughs> yeah, crypto index funds. And they, yeah. they, they'll, they'll include payment providers that have very little to do with cryptocurrency all the way up to big mining data centers used for Bitcoin mining. Yeah. So you can get a little, you can get a mix of everything. I don't know who all offers it, but I was looking at, at Fidelity today. They offer a platform yeah. to buy, uh, you know, crypto uh, index funds. So again, I'm not making any recommendations. I'm not telling any of my awesome viewers or Crystal's dog yeah. that they need to do any one of these things, but uh, definitely, you know, something to consider. Yeah. You know, a lot, of, you know, people were want to invest in Apple and, you know, Apple throughout the years has been a fantastic investment, but I've always said, why not, 
why just Apple? Why not some of the companies that are making the chips or the different apps for Apple programs? Right. Um, that's another opportunity to diversify and, and make additional money. Yeah. I have a client who um, is making an unspecified amount of money by selling computer chips to Amazons and Apples. And I mean, they're, they're, they're killing it. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it's just the same way with the, uh, with the crypto space. There are yeah, other countries that are going to be benefited. I know like you, you talked about Fidelity. I know Vanguard has one. And then there's a company called Grayscale. Grayscale has several. So, and they're all, they're all uh, crypto based. Like, yeah. Um, Ethereum trust, Bitcoin trust, things like that. Yeah, so for our listeners today, I, I'll close with this. If, if crypto is something that you've always wondered about, um, I, you know, I've gone from very um, anti-crypto to kind of agnostic, and now I'm kind of, you know, wondering a little bit more about it these days. If, if, if crypto is something that you're interested in, I would say that, you know, it's incumbent upon you to seek the education and find the expert resources to learn more about how you can become involved and, and the ways that you can benefit and grow your family's wealth and, and protect it uh, and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Um, Clayton, if someone wants to reach you to learn more, how could they contact you? Yeah, um, you can reach me at Clayton, so C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, at the estate, T-H-E, estate.com. So Clayton at the estate, esq.com. Excellent. And you are on LinkedIn. Yes. Clayton Cruz, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-C-R-U-S-E. You can find me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Crystal, why don't you go ahead and close us on out? Okay. Thanks for joining us today for this interesting episode of the Faith and Money podcast. We are deeply grateful for our listeners and hope that you will give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform so that we are able to share our great content with more people and to teach others how to intersect with faith and money. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And say hi to your dog, Crystal. <laughs> will do. Thanks, Keith. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you.